Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber in wonderful and lovely Denver, Colorado. It's been very wet over the last many months. Uh, If you would like to be on the show, give me a call on the listener hotline. Uh, That number is 303-832-0217, or any of my contact links are in the description of the show, so you can contact me there. And of course, if you wouldn't mind rating the show on whatever platform you're listening, I sure would appreciate that. Uh, Our morning meteorologist, her name is Lisa Hidalgo. Well, she goes out and visits schools, elementary schools, and and does a weather program that, that she does for the kids. And not too long ago, uh, she told me about a program that one of the schools that she visited is doing. It's called Trucker Buddy. And I go, huh, that's interesting. What what is it? And and she says, well, the the way she described it to me is just think of it as a in-person pen pal program with truck drivers and grade school kids. And I thought that sounded pretty interesting. So I researched it, what it's all about. And I decided I had to get somebody on the show to talk more about it. So Bill McNamee, he's been a trucker buddy for about 30 years, and he joins me now to talk all about it. Bill, thanks for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So, Bill, we'll talk more about the program in just a bit. But uh, you are not just a representative of the program, but you're a real-life truck driver. How would you get started as a uh, truck driver? Uh, I... uh got done serving in the Marine Corps and I wanted a job where I didn't have a lot of indoor time. I wanted to be outdoors and I wanted to travel. So I uh, went to truck driving school in 1991. What was driving a truck like back in 1991? Uh, It was a lot different than it is today. We didn't have cellular technology. We didn't have uh, GPS uh, there weren't a lot of hoods on the trucks, a lot of cab over trucks and small sleepers, uh, a lot less traffic, um, and a lot of work with a road atlas and a notepad yeah, right. and, uh, a lot of, a lot of coins in the phone. Oh yeah, exactly. The payphone. You, you could ask a kid now what a payphone is. They, they would just <laughs> look at you, stare at you blinking. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Do you do more long haul routes or are you a local driver? I am a long haul driver and I do not have a sleeper. So I, uh, wow. I, I take a hotel room every night, but okay. I, I typically stay out four to eight weeks and then I take two weeks off at home. Four to eight weeks. So you're just on the road for four to eight weeks at a time, not like a week at a time. No, four to eight weeks. Wow. What is that like? It's got to be a, a whole different lifestyle than the other guys who do have at least some home time every week or so. Well, sure. They have a lot of home time. Uh, you know, they might have a day and a half off on the weekend, but when I go home, I take two weeks off. So I, uh, I, you know, I've been doing this for 32 years and I've kind of developed a pattern where it's better for me to have longer time off so I can, I can shut off my job and spend some good time with my family. Uh, when I only have a day and a half off, it's hard to unpack trucking and then have a good day one day off and then you got to get back in your mind has to get back in the game for monday morning so i i I like having more time off yeah do you have kids at home and a wife at home 
I have a wife and uh, my children are, our children are grown and we have uh, four, four animals at home. So I guess we have kids. We're still uh, paying a lot of money to raise dogs. That's right. Furry friends there. Uh, yeah. and, and it's interesting that you, that you get to sleep in a hotel room. Is that something that, that, that you choose to do or would you like to have a sleeper or would you rather just sleep in hotel rooms? Uh, I, uh, I, you know, the first 22 years were, was sleeper work and, it's it's a lot different now. It's harder to find places to park, safe places to park. There's a lot more truck traffic. Um, you know, being almost 60, I, I like having the conveniences of a hotel room. And our company doesn't have sleepers, so we can haul more cargo in our tankers uh, and still be within legal limits. My guest is Bill McNamee. He's a professional truck driver. We're going to be talking just a little bit about Trucker Buddy and being a representative of the program. I'm uh, exploring some of the uh, trucking issues as I have on this program. You brought up one of them. Parking is a big problem. Dealing with hours of service is another major issue for drivers. Uh, obviously, now traffic has come back after the pandemic. Are, are you finding those are still some of the major issues that drivers face today? Yeah, I do. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of traffic around the major cities. Uh, the the over the road drivers that have sleeper trucks they 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 now have a split sleeper provision, so they can they can uh, deal with that a little better by stopping and taking a break uh, during peak rush hour times. But the truck parking the truck parking's uh, quite a quite a problem out here. You know. You just imagine everybody's done at 6 p.m. and everybody's looking for a place to park. Uh, it it can be a problem for for the for the sleeper drivers. Uh, not so much for me. I just book a hotel room and I go park in the hotel parking lot. Go find one of those Motel Six where they leave the light on for you. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> right. I see. I see a, a, at least one driver uh, on the uh, exit that I get onto the interstate from when I'm going into work at three o'clock in the morning. I always see a driver parked on uh, on that ramp, always uh, hanging out. So, yeah, parking is an issue, and sometimes you have to find the nearest on ramp or off ramp. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend that, but a driver is going to do what a driver's got to do to make sure that they get rest so they're not driving when they're tired so yeah. sometimes that's just what you got to do you mentioned it a little bit and and i'm sure you were driving probably during the pandemic like most drivers were has the traffic changed a lot since then have you noticed it pick up obviously it had to um since uh, the time that very few people were driving on the road oh yeah yeah the, the pandemic was something out of a sci-fi book going to los angeles and there was no traffic it, it was strange or atlanta with no traffic uh it it was strange to experience that but traffic's back 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 to normal traffic is everywhere now yeah even in some of the not so major cities i'm sure Sure, and, sure, and, and there is, and there is a doubt, and we we've talked about this on, uh, at least I have on on the show, and I'm sure you've talked about this too with fellow drivers uh, about there is a shortage of drivers out there. What would you to say say to somebody, especially maybe a young person, to to convince them that that the trucking career is a good career? Well, you know, not everybody's going to go to college, and and that's okay because trucking is a skill set, uh, even though the Department of Labor has uh not really come out with that 
like they should, but this is a skill set. This is a skilled profession. It, uh, it It's needed. We are vital, and it provides a good living uh, for the driver and his family. So, you know, if there's people uh, coming up, uh, graduating high school and getting a little bit older, and they, they want to, uh, you know, get into trucking, I I think it's a, a great profession. I've, you know, 32 years in, I loved, I've loved every bit of it. I've, I've uh, supported a family, uh, paid off a house. You know, I, it, it's just like, uh, you know, you, you go to welding school, you become a welder and you do your whole career as a welder or a, a, a mechanic or, you know, uh, anything in the trades, you know, um, not necessarily a lot of college involved in that, although trucking does include a lot of schools that are community college based. So I, I you know, uh, I, I think trucking is a good option for, uh, anyone that wants to get into the industry. There's been a push to bring a lot of younger people into trucking, even lowering the age to 18 to get a CDL and start driving. Do you think that's too young to have that kind of responsibility of a large truck and and, and driving on some maybe unfamiliar highways like here in Colorado? Uh, we have a lot of drivers who are unfamiliar with what mountain terrain can do to a truck and, and how difficult it can be uh, going up and down mountains. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the mountains of Colorado. You you had a pretty catastrophic incident a few years ago, and that actually spurred my company owner to send quite a few of us up to British uh, Columbia to a mountain driving school. Even myself at the time, I had 25 years of experience, uh, you know, 23 years of mountain driving, uh, and he sent us to a specialized school just to learn how to drive through mountain ranges and you know as far as the 18 year olds uh, I don't I don't think every 18 year old could do well but there are many who could and there are many 18 year olds that drive in Texas and drive from the east side of Texas all the way to the west side at 18 and 19 years old and they're driving a semi truck and you know the that that's the intrastate provision, not the interstate provision. So I think, you know, quite a few 18-year-olds, uh, a lot of 18-year-olds could be uh, well-suited for trucking. It's, it's about screening and training, 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 training. My guest is Bill McNamee. He's a professional truck driver and representative of Trucker Buddy that we'll talk about in just a little bit. But first exploring some of the uh, issues and some of the uh, responsibilities of, of driving a truck. You work for Carbon Express. Uh, they're headquartered in, in Wharton, New Jersey. And, and, I, and as I understand it, you transport liquid products across the U.S. and maybe even up into Canada. What kind of liquids do you typically haul? Any, anything like really seriously scary? No, we, we haul, I, I, I haul petroleum products, oil additives, uh, things like injector cleaner, um, water treating compound, nothing scary. Oh, uh, it's, come on. you know, it's, it's, it's not scary. It's, uh, just cargo that never rests. It's constantly moving, but, uh, all of, uh, the drivers at carbon express are trained and professional. 
Yeah. So it's uh, just like going to work anywhere else. We do it the right way, the way we're supposed to, and, and we do it safely. We have a, um, and I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but here along Interstate 70 at the uh, top of the Continental Divide, uh, at the Eisenhower-Johnson Tunnels, uh, they don't let the hazardous materials trucks, the trucks that will usually carry gasoline through the through the tunnels, unless there's something going on over Loveland Pass, which is the open pass that is at 11,000 feet that goes again over the Continental Divide. Uh, I, and, and they actually have these trucks when, uh, and the drivers use the Loveland Pass, which can be extremely treacherous, no guardrails. You're looking at hundreds of feet <laughs> down down a mountain if you miss, miss the turn. And sometimes these guys have to do it in the, in the dead of winter at night when it's crazy snowing. Uh, I couldn't imagine having that kind of a load under that kind of stress. Well, it's, it's uh, uh, again, I'll circle around back to training and being a professional and wanting to get to our destination safely. And we want everyone that's on that pass to get to where they're going safely. So I would say that your professional drivers that travel through that pass when it's required are are mindful of safety you know things are going to happen this you know the world is not a perfect place but i can i can say that i'm sure that any driver that goes up through that pass has safety right up front on their mind and again things happen uh you know cars trucks whatever's traveling through the pass i'm sure everybody going through there has that on their mind so uh you know um in the wintertime, uh, I don't go through there because we would take the southern route. Like, let's say I was going to California. I would, you know, sometimes avoiding the uh, area is sometimes the best option. So we go around. We take the southern route. I'm sure you've been all over the country, and I'm sure you've seen all kinds of different places uh, that this country has to offer. What are some of your favorite highways or scenic areas that you've uh, that you like to drive through on a, on a regular basis or even not so regular basis any of the scenery that you've seen around the country well geez i i that's a that's a loaded question <laughs> i it depends on what part of the country you know i was just in virginia uh in west virginia last weekend and the mountains were beautiful uh you know colorado west of uh denver in the summertime going out into utah there that's that's beautiful out there the sandstone rest area i like parking in there and taking pictures uh the, you know the mojave desert um northern california going up the the five freeway up there it's beautiful and of course 84 going across oregon that's another beautiful stretch of road along the columbia river right those are some of my favorites yeah right uh my big guest is bill mcnamee he's a uh professional truck driver and, and we're gonna start talking about this trucker buddy experience uh it's a program that has helped a lot of truckers connect with schools. Talk more about how the program got started before we get into how you uh, go and visit schools. Okay, so back in 1992, uh, a truck driver by the name of Gary King uh, started writing postcards and letters to a grade school in um, a little town of Williams Bay, Wisconsin. It was a fourth grade class. And I believe he had a grandchild in that class. Uh, you know, early on in that 
that uh, letter writing and postcard campaign, the teacher recognized that there was value in that participation because it was stimulating her students and their interest in uh, reading and writing and other subjects. She found that all of a sudden her students were actually excited about writing and reading and um, she shared that with Gary and Gary decided to start this trucker buddy program and start sharing it with his other driver friends and it it uh, you know they incorporated it in July of 92 and within the first year Gary had uh, mustered up a thousand professional drivers matched with school kids all over the country wow how many how many drivers are involved now so there are over 2,500 drivers matched with almost uh, 60,000 students across the country. Uh, that's amazing. And, and, and so let's go through that process. How does it exactly work? Do, do the kids or, the, or a teacher first contact the program and then get one of you folks to come in? Uh, how does that work out uh, with you getting connected to a school? Well, typically, well, I'll just give an example how it started for me. My, my first teacher was on summer break, and she read an article in Reader's Digest about the Trucker Buddy program, and it, it interested her, and she uh, went to the website, truckerbuddy.org, and uh, actually, I don't think they had a website. Yeah, I think they did have a website back then in 97. But she uh, contacted Trucker Buddy, and she was put on a list. And just as it happened, I had the same week, I had contacted them to sign up for the program. And we were both from Illinois. I was from southern Illinois, and my teacher was from the northwest suburbs of Chicago. So we were matched. So a teacher would... Uh, inquire with Trucker Buddy about the program, and she would tell the, the the program administrator about a little bit about her class. If she had any special needs kids, if she was a special needs teacher, um, which that's great too, that's awesome. Uh, or uh, and she would uh, he or she would, you know, say you know I would like a, a driver. Um, to sign, you know, we'll wait for a driver. So and now on the other side of it, a driver sees about uh, something about the program and says, yeah, I think I'd like to check that out. So they inquire about it. They sign up. They Now the driver goes through a federal background check and fills out a questionnaire and they're screened, uh, you know, for to ensure the safety of the children in the program. And they agree to abide by the rules of the program uh, and then they are matched with a teacher. Sometimes they're matched with a teacher in their state. Sometimes a driver doesn't want one, uh, a teacher or a class from their home state. They want something farther away. So the you know Trucker Buddy uh, works to match both uh, teacher and driver so that everything is uh, a nice match. And. When you are matched and you get matched with that teacher, take me through the process of what happens. You show up to a school, you probably don't know the teacher, you don't know the kids, and go through that process of walking into the doors of that school. Right. So originally, Trucker Buddy wasn't about school visits. That is something that has evolved over the years. It was originally all about 
writing postcards and letters to the kids, letting the kids write back. Remember, that was back in the day before we had all this technology. So now, you know, uh, you know probably, I guess I started right away with the school visits. But how it starts is the driver will send an introductory letter to the teacher uh, for the class and introduce uh, themselves, tell them about their job, where they travel, what they haul, a little bit about their family, um, you know, what they do for hobbies, what kind of food they like. And then the teacher, because the teacher administers all of the program before it goes to the kids, he or she screens everything and then shares it with the class. And then the teacher will send a, an introductory letter back on behalf of the students or she'll have the students send letters that go again they go right back through the teacher there's no direct communication between driver and student it's always filtered through the teacher so that there's it's always appropriate and um, you know and there's no question about anything improper so right, right. Uh, then the driver gets home and there's letters like, you know, back early on, I would get a big pack of letters once a month and then I would take them with me on the road. I would read them. I would write letters back to each individual kid because that's just how I wanted to do it. And then I would send that packet back to the teacher and then the teacher would again, read the letters, check everything out, make sure, you know, everything is good to go. And then you know, send it out to our students. So, but now with the technology, you know, there's, there's, uh, I would probably say email, uh, messenger. Now that all goes to the teacher. That doesn't go to the kids. Uh, school visits evolved. You know, they, you know, trucker buddy had to have some rules about the visits to make sure that everything was safe. It had to be approved by the school and the trucking company uh, owner, you know, the company that owned the equipment, you know, safety rules. They had to make sure that um, everything was proper and safe for the kids to be, you know, if the truck was showing up for a visit, like in September, I would show up by myself without the truck. And then in May, at the end of the year, after a year of communicating with these kids back and forth for the whole school year, I would bring the truck and spend the whole day with them. And they would tour the truck. We'd have lunch, uh, go to recess, um, or gym class, play kickball, uh, talk about trucking, talk about seatbelts, pass out prizes and, and uh, little trinkets and whatnot, and spend the whole day with them. So that's that's how my visits go. That's pretty amazing. That sounds pretty fun. At least uh, that May visit when you get to see all the kids. My guest is Bill McNamee. He's a professional truck driver and also a representative of the uh, uh, program called Trucker Buddy that we're talking about. When when you go to the schools there and, and you're interacting with the kids, what's it like for them when they get to climb up into your truck? I'm sure their eyes are wide and they're sitting there thinking, hey, I could do this. And I'm sure their hands, because they're probably still little, their arms and hands are so really wide across that large steering wheel trying to look up over the up through the windshield. Sure. Yeah. You know, when I when I was doing the uh, school visits up in northwest Illinois there, 
for 22 years before the teacher retired, I would bring that sleeper truck. So we would have the truck in the big parking lot. We'd have it surrounded with some orange cones for safety. The kids would all line up and there were parents there as well. So I would take a mom and a mom would get up in the truck and she would sit in the sleeper. And then I would have a, a mom on each side and they would like uh, oversee them climbing in and out. So we want to make sure they're getting in safe and getting out safe. So they climb up in the truck and they look around and yeah, they are amazed at some of the amenities that we have in the sleeper trucks. And so are the parents. The parents cannot believe that they're sitting up in a truck and they're getting their first view of seeing what it is in a truck. So it's kind of a twofold thing. The kids are excited, but there's a few parents in there that are starting to see what being up in a big truck is like. And it, it's an exciting day. The kids, you know, they can't believe that we have microwaves and refrigerators and satellite radio and flat screen TVs in the trucks. Now, I don't have that now, so I just have a day cab. So I don't really bring the truck. My my current three classes are all in Southern Illinois in my hometown. So I go there, oh, probably six six or eight times a year, uh, and I don't bring the truck because they see the truck uptown right. when I'm home. It's parked up uptown. So I haven't brought the truck to the school uh, probably in eight years. Um, but yeah, they when they see the truck, uh, I, I can tell you that anyone that brings their truck to the school, when they leave, they they absolutely feel like a hero to those kids. <laughs> I'm sure kids are just amazed. And, and you get to talk to the uh, parents who are driving the four wheelers, as you as truckers usually call them, and, and maybe give them some lessons. Hey, uh, watch sure. out for us. We <laughs> don't sure. cut it, don't cut in front of us, and don't slam on your brakes because it's we're hauling about what sixty thousand pounds worth of stuff here, and it's hard for us to stop. Right. Well, the funny thing is, some of the parents will come up and say, "I've heard so much about you, Mister Bill. My kid is constantly telling me to stay out of the no zone and the blind spot, and con you know, sometimes telling me, Mom, I love you. Can you please put your seatbelt on? I've I've been waiting to meet Mister Bill all year long. <laughs> so, th throughout the year, you have fun with them. You make it absolutely fun for the kids, but while they're having fun, you're teaching them these little lessons about seatbelts, blind spots, the importance of trucking, the, the reason why it's not cool to be a bully in school, little lessons that they don't really, you're not, you know, I, I like to say it, I'm not shoving it down their throat because we're having a really good time, but they're getting some lessons there at the same time. So I, I think it's a win-win for for the kids and, and for the lessons I'm trying to teach them. And, and I'm sure the kids have changed over the years you've been doing this back in the nineties. Kids are different than they are today. Yeah, they, uh, they are. I mean, they're still kids. They're, they're great little people, but yeah, they're, they're a little different. Yeah. They're, you know, they have, uh, a lot of them have cell phones and a lot of them, you know, they'll raise their hand and it's, you know, when they have questions and they'll ask me a question, they'll say, well, I looked on, on uh, YouTube. And I, so I just say, well, we're not really talking about YouTube today. This is how I do it. This is how I operate safely on the highway. And, you know, I, I, I just kind of avoid the whole, 
you know, if they try to get me into a conversation about something that I don't think we should be talking about, I just uh, change it around and I talk about how how I operate safely on the highway around cars. Uh, you said that you visited, you, you just have those three schools. Is that pretty much what you stick to? Have you only done those three schools or have you visited more than that? Well, I have three classes, but they're okay. all in the same school. Okay. I've had uh, a class in Uganda. Of course, I did not visit wow. there. Yeah, we, we do have <laughs> yeah, it hard is to drive there. Inter- <laughs> yeah, it is Trucker Buddy International, so oh, okay. there are drivers that have classes all over the world. Um, not many, but some. Uh, I've had a few in uh, the Chicago area, a few different ones in southern Illinois. Uh, I, I actually had a class one year in the fifth grade where I went to fifth grade back in 19, whew, 1974. Wow. I actually uh, had that class for a year at the grade school that I went to when I was a kid. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. My guest is Bill McAnee. He is the uh, buddy, trucker buddy, uh, professional truck driver, talking about trucker buddy and what it uh, what the uh, the program is all about i'm sure it helps when you visit the your elementary school and and you see the kids and then you bring along your mascots right oh yeah yeah i have <laughs> i have several mascots i have a duck uh his name is miles quackles oh yeah and i have a mouse named seatbelt sam i have i have a lot of mascots i've collected them over the years and they are tools for me because some kids will react better to a mascot sending them a letter than a grown-up. So, for example, when Seatbelt Sam sends out letters and, uh, you know, assigns a project, to, like, I want you, he wants them to keep track of how many times they put their seatbelt on for a week. They, they actively participate in that because they have this little mouse named Seatbelt Sam. <laughs> putting it, putting some homework on them. So they're, they're tools. Uh, they make kids smile and they, uh, they're useful because again, it's all about making it fun for the kids so that we could teach them some valuable lessons in, you know, about trucking and safety and being good kids. Yeah. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, duck, uh, uh, he has his own fan club, duck and truck fan (laughs) club. And now, now he has, uh, he has his own Facebook group that's private and it, and it's private, but the children, there are no children in there. There are some parents, uh, of past classes and, uh, I allow that because they can share that with their kids, uh, supervised. I don't interact. We don't, none of us trucker buddies interact with children on social media that is absolutely forbidden and 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 for obvious reasons it's just not it's not a good deal yeah um so but yeah the the mascots uh, duck i have a uh, henry the highway hedgehog seatbelt <laughs> sam we've got uh oh my goodness there, there's a whole bunch people have sent me mascots that want to be they want them to be my traveling mascot nice. And sometimes you just got to say, I don't have any more room in the truck. <laughs> yeah, it's like my daughter's closet and bed. It's just they're covered with all their, you know, stuffies. And I just, it's like right. at, at some point, it's like too many. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I send some of them on vacation with some of the kids at the end of the year and uh, let them, you know, if they're going on a vacation, 
uh, seatbelt Sam's been to the wall, a great wall of China. Oh, wow. Spent a couple of months in the outback of Australia driving with a, a driver hauling those big, long petroleum train, you know, multi-wagon trains out there. Uh, and then we get pictures back. Uh, he's been on the worldwide Volvo tour for two years. A long time ago, he went with a journalist for two years over in Europe. Um, yeah, so we use them as tools, and it ex it's excites the kids and uh, helps us make it fun for them. And, and this program is more than just visiting and writing to and interacting with these elementary school kids, right? Where Don't you encourage high schoolers also and, and maybe visit high schools to learn about the trucking profession and get them interested before they, they decide if they want to go to college or trade school or what they want to do with their career? Well, actually, we do not. We, oh, okay. we, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a totally different organization. We stick with kids up to about eighth grade that are, they're in their reading, writing, arithmetic. They're, they're in their formative years. So we, we don't go beyond the eighth grade. Okay. That's good. Good yeah. to know. Uh, yeah. What what are some yeah. of the most uh, common questions that, or or more, more and most unusual questions that you get from some of these kids? I'm I'm sure they they're kids are curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them will come. They they want to know how do you take a bath? <laughs> how do you use the restroom? Where do you eat food? Some kids really don't know what a truck stop is. Uh, one year we loaded them up on a bus and we took them to the Illinois, Wisconsin line and we took them to the truck stop for a field trip. Yeah. And we showed them what the TA truck stop was like up there. And the manager took them on a tour and showed them where we eat in the restaurant, where we shower, where we buy our, our supplies. They took them to the shop. And then we put them on the bus and went across the interstate to the waste station because they, they don't understand how we, uh, interact with law enforcement as a team you know we we try to teach them that we are a team with law enforcement we're not adversaries we work together to promote highway safety and equipment safety and all that so we took them to the scale and they did an inspection on my truck and they checked out the school bus and they put all the kids on the scale and they showed them how they <laughs> yeah they showed them how they weigh the trucks yeah. to make sure that we are distributing our weight in the truck uh yeah so i mean kids you can't expect them to know that in you know elementary school so they ask a lot of questions how do you know how much your truck weighs uh, you know where what if you have to use the bathroom what if you want to get a you know if you want to go to burger king uh, where do you sleep you know how long do you sleep how come you don't get to go home every day i don't think that's fair that you don't get to go you know they don't understand that transportation is a machine that never rests and there's requirements that we have to have drivers that are willing to stay out and move america so yeah they're they're full of questions yeah, and and I'm I'm sure they've asked you how much money you make. That's what I get all the time. And sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all yeah, and that and that's and that's a good lesson because while I don't share the details of that, I do. You know, there was a time when I was a mileage based employee, and I would tell them, "Okay, I make this much per mile. I drove this many miles this week." 
I need everyone to tell me how much I made. So now they have a math homework assignment. And then I, I tell them, uh, you know, I, I order uh, order food in the restaurant. And I say, I spent this much on my lunch, this much on my dinner. And I bought three bottles of water midday. And this is how much I spent. How much did I spend for the day? So now we're, they're, they're engaging with me about questions they have about how I'm eating on the road. But now they're getting a little homework. Now they're, they're having to put some math skills into play there. So that, that's pretty neat how we can turn a story into a math problem. And now they're eagerly trying to do math. That's yeah. And, and you can also use the math skills for, all right, I'm going 60 miles an hour. I've gone one mile. How, you know, or, you know, I'm going one, right. you know, all this and how many, right. how many uh, hours is it going to take me to go, you know, 120 miles, that kind of a thing. So you can, you, know, sure. you know, there's sure. a distance questions too. You got, you've got math, you've got geography, you've got states, state capitals, the, the, the coastal, uh, you know, what I, I'm on the West coast, what ocean am I near? I'm down in Louisiana. What body of water you can grab all kinds of questions and pick up brochures along the way too. And the rest there is, and send them to the class. Cause honestly, some kids, there will be some kids that will not leave their hometown or their home County or their home state their whole life. I mean, that's, to me, that's sad, but yeah. it's it's reality. Some kids will never see the Eisenhower Tunnel, right. or you know that they'll never see uh, New York City or the redwoods up in Northern California. You know, they but they can see it through my travels and my windshield and my pictures and my stories. And the mascots will send them stories about the prairie dogs in Wyoming. Some kids will never see the prairie dogs in the rest area in Wyoming sitting on Mr. Bill's lap eating Cheetos. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just did that. I, yeah. I have a whole story for them when they start school about how I fed them the, the prairie dogs some Cheetos while they were sitting on my lap. Oh, funny. <laughs> So. Just watch out for the plague. Yeah, well, yeah, I got I, gloves yeah, on, good. so I, I'm <laughs> good. not gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking postcards. You know, you stop at a Travel America or one of the or a Bucky's, you know, and and you get the postcards, and then you can send those to the kids. <laughs> yep, we uh, we actually a lot of us uh, in the Trucker Buddy program we know each other and we network. Uh, and we'll pick up postcards for other drivers and send them to them because some drivers won't get to the West Coast. They want to send a postcard to the class. You know, a lot of postcards have a lot of really good information on the back about the state, the sure. state bird, you sure. know, all that information. Sure. Have you heard of kids that were uh, a class, you know, in one of your classrooms with any of the, any of the trucker buddies, uh, and then they have been interested in becoming a trucker and then going into the profession and then maybe becoming a trucker buddy themselves? Uh, no, I, you know, I have not, I have not, um, you know, the, I, I'm waiting my, my classes in Southern Illinois. I've been with them for about eight years, nine years now. So I'm waiting to see, you know, that's rural America and a lot of, uh, a lot of the people that I live around trucking is big in Southern Illinois, trucking and coal mining and, uh, a lot of uh, the trades and all that up north where I was uh, matched with that teacher in a very affluent neighborhood. Uh, I don't 
I don't remember ever hearing any of them going into trucking, but I do remember some of them telling me later on in life that they'd been in an accident and thank goodness they remembered to wear their seatbelt. So to me, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, that they, they remember the safety message. Yeah. And I'm sure that the, uh, the kids that are, if they've ever been in Northern Illinois and they've seen some of the traffic outside of Chicago on, you know, on any of those interstates out there, uh, whether, you know, it, I'm, I'm sure whether I think it's interstate nineties up there. And, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I think I 70 or 96, I think I 96 is up that way. And, and the truck traffic is tremendous. Sure. Yeah. I, I think the, the kids are, you know, once they're in the trucker buddy program, they're watching trucks, they're watching cars that are, you know, uh, driving around trucks. And I think they're picking out not only, you know, maybe some trucks that are not, uh, you know, they're kind of picking out things that I talk about, about following too close. They're, they're picking out cars that are in the blind spot. They're, they're watching for things and they're, you know, sometimes they're hopefully politely reminding their parents, Hey, you're on the right side of that truck. Mr. Bill says you're not supposed to be in that blind spot. Yeah. So. Well, I, I do appreciate your time uh, and speaking about the program and about your life on the road. Before I let you go though, I have to say congratulations on your 2023 citizen driver award and for the honor of soon having your name immortalized at a travel center of America there at Mount Vernon, Illinois. You're, I believe that's your hometown, right? Uh, yeah, I live in Christopher, which is yeah. about 20 miles south of there. But yeah, it's quite an honor, quite an honor. I'm, I'm so happy with that. Yeah, it's going to be pretty neat, I'm sure, and that's going to be a ceremony yeah. coming up in uh, at the end of August. So congratulations sure. on that. And uh, I, can you can you talk about what your feelings are with, with that award? Well, yeah, you know, it's uh, the award is is awesome, but it it's a culmination of being in an industry where my mentors and my peers and people that have guided me and mentored me along the way. You know, my name's going to be on the building, but it's because of everyone that I've worked with for 32 years, not only at out on the road, but at home on the fire department. I've had so many people teach me and mentor me about doing good things for other people that it's it's actually for all of us. I just get my name on the building. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, people remember yeah. you when yeah. you have a name on a building. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I appreciate all your uh, expertise and your volunteerism to do the Trucker Buddy program. Bill McNamee, truck driver, representative of that trucky, Trucker Buddy program. I'll have a link to uh, more information uh, to get to it in the description of this show, and uh, so people can click it and uh, find out all more about it. And, and if they if there's a teacher listening, then they can contact you guys and and uh, then connect with a driver, right? Sure. Yeah, it's easy. It's truckerbuddy.org or one eight hundred my buddy. My buddy. There used to be a a, yep. a a doll or something. There was some kind of a. Maybe it was a teddy bear, my buddy, right? Wasn't that? I remember the commercial, my buddy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're making go. me feel old now. <laughs> All right, Bill. Well, appreciate it very much. All the best to you out there on the road. All right. Thank you. Everybody drive safe and share the road with trucks. All right. There he goes. 
Uh, I forgot to mention that Bill is, in addition to being a uh, driver and a, and a trucker buddy, he's also a volunteer firefighter, licensed medical first responder, vessel examiner for the Coast Guard Auxiliary, and passionate member of No Volunteer Dies Alone and Truckers Against Trafficking. So he's a, b- <laughs> a busy guy. He also volunteers at the Veterans Affairs Hospital and advocates for positive change throughout the industry. His wife, Carrie, is a school bus driver. Um, and, and I have a link, again, to Trucker Buddy and uh, some of the links that uh, Bill sent me uh, right there in the description of the show. So if you're interested in the program, you can contact them there. Um, and, and it was funny because I, I was talking, Bill called me back, and I, he was telling me some interesting stories off the air about uh, driving, and especially around here in Colorado and, and some of the passes and and being here in Denver. And he, he doesn't like driving uh, <laughs> in the winter uh, here in Colorado. It, it can be challenging, very challenging for the drivers to drive around Colorado, that's for sure. Uh, even and then even after driving to, to uh, going to a driving school, that special driving school in British Columbia, where they learn how to do winter driving, mountain driving, because it is a whole different beast. Um, but uh, he couldn't unfortunately talk about some of that stuff on the air, and and I didn't know this uh, because officially he apparently is with a, a group called America's Road Team. Uh, where he's a, a a spokesman, basically an image spokesman for the American Trucking Association, and, and I I didn't want to I don't want to get him into trouble or anything, uh, but apparently some of the questions that I was asking him had to be approved first or or through that. But I, you know I I don't think we were doing talk about anything controversial. I did want to ask him about um, some of the worst traffic around the country, uh, but I don't think he could have talked about that sort of stuff. But um, um, but he, yeah, cause he would have had, he told me to get some of his comments approved first and, and I didn't realize that. And, and cause we were going to talk about trucker buddy. I thought it was a good opportunity since I had somebody who has so much road experience, uh, behind the wheel, what it was really like to be on the road. And, and, and I don't think there's enough, uh, talk in, you know, local media, especially about truckers and what they do and, and how, uh, tough of a job they have at times, and um, what the life is like on the road. And I think a lot of people are interested in that. Um, and and Bill was telling me it, it's also uh, it, it, this program hel- helps drivers um, and really helps them in in a way to maybe be a more responsible driver on the roads because because of the kids. Because the the drivers now, if they're part of the program, have to be accountable to be safe. Uh, because if they're not promoting safety and they're not being safe, then how can they teach that to their trucker buddies uh, at school? And it's also hard for a lot of these drivers to find time to volunteer. If they're only off for a few days when they get home and they're on the road the rest of the time, they, they don't have a chance to uh, you know, coach Little League uh, baseball or uh, ha- help with the soccer team or, or, or do scouting, something like that, right? So it actually gives these... Uh, truckers uh, a way to give back and to volunteer and get volunteer hours, something that they would want to do. And they just wouldn't have the opportunity because they're on the road all the time. Um, but anyway, I have all their contact information there and, and I appreciate Bill and, and, and just rolling with me and <laughs> some of those questions, even though uh, he didn't know that I was going to ask him. And I, 
and I didn't know that I was going to get him in trouble for, for asking them. I, <laughs> um, and, you know, I was thinking about his wife, Carrie, because as he, as he was talking to me, as Bill was talking to me, he said his, his wife was there uh, saying, all right, you got to wrap, wrap this thing up. And, and, he, and, and, they, and she liked the, uh, the title of the podcast, calling it Driving You Crazy, because she thought that, that he was driving her crazy. And that's what we, <laughs> we're going to talk about. Um, but I, I have a friend, a former photographer for Denver 7, who actually is a bus driver. Uh, I actually think it's a great retirement job. That's basically what he's doing. He, he uh, was a photographer. He worked as a, a college professor for a bunch of years, and then he came back to Colorado, uh, back up to Fort Collins, and he is a uh, bus driver. And, and really, if you think about it, you, you work a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon, you get full benefits. Um, I'm sure there's obviously challenges like with any job driving a school bus, and some of the kids can be turds. Uh, maybe uh, keep them from jumping out of the back door, right? <laughs> I don't know, but it seems like maybe as a retirement job, it, it would be a pretty good job being a being a bus driver. But I don't know. Like with anything, it, it, there's there's ups and downs with everything, I suppose. Anyway, thanks again to Bill for uh, for playing along. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always can reach me on any of the contact links in the description of the show. So thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.